The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We've been getting accountability all wrong in the compliance industry. It's not a set of tasks. It's a way of thinking, and it has to come from the heart as well as the head. On Accountability, the Heart of Compliance, Tom Fox and Sam Silverstein dig into what accountability means to the corporate compliance function and business organizations, and most significantly, how to make it an integral part of your culture. Accountability, the Heart of Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Sam Silverstein for another episode. This is part three of our three-part series on accountability and Boeing. Today, we're going to take a look at stakeholders outside the company. In Boeing's case, this means the flying public. It means the U.S. economy. It means the regulators who approve uh, aeronautical uh, engines and planes and jets, specifically the 737 MAX. Uh, Sam, as a lawyer, one of the things that's disheartened me the most is um, the games uh, Boeing has played with the regulators in this case. And so I've really wanted to to visit with you about accountability by and between a company and those that either oversee it or regulate it. So first, I guess, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, uh, welcome back. (laughs) Oh, Tom, it's you again. Okay. Yeah. It's great to be here, man. Well, Sam, is one of the uh, (laughs) um, issues around accountability that you uh, have in your book, I Am Accountable, you list honor. How is honor part of accountability? Well, before we go there, I want to back up to that that long-winded introduction, which was handled quite eloquently, I thought, Tom. Um, You talked about, you know, the regulators, relationship between Boeing and the regulators and and trying to manipulate what was being done. what kind of message does that tell all regulators who have to deal with Boeing in the future? We can't be trusted. Yeah, yeah, you can't. That 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 says that there 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 is absolutely no reason to trust Boeing in any situation that's regulatory in in basis with the data, with what they tell you, with the uh, results, with their testing. How do you know if what they're sharing is truth? And so right away, what's happened is by acting that manner, you, you, you create, you create a situation where, uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult to move forward in a positive manner. So what has to happen now is Boeing has to earn back that trust. Uh, Boeing's honor has been, has been, has taken a hit. And so now they have to work three times as hard. To earn it back. So how does Boeing work to honor the people that oversee it? Can you honor regulators? Is that a value that 
uh, a company can put out to other stakeholders, or have I perhaps uh, misinterpreted that? I, I think that what has to happen is, I think you honor people. Um, you know, honor connects to respect. You honor them by saying, hey, what you're doing is important and I'm going to help you be successful. You honor them by through through truth and honesty. You honor them by providing them with what they need to be successful in completing the tasks that they're taking on. And that honor comes from you in the way that you act, the way that you handle yourself. And when you do that and then you help them feel good about what they're doing, you're recognizing, hey, you have an important job. What you're doing with these airplanes and, 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 and making sure that they're safe is critical. And, and you dishonor them if you take away from that. So one of the uh, things that uh, I thought was important uh, that you talk about in I Am Accountable is the three standards of an accountable legacy. And I recognize this may be at the end of a long journey that Boeing has to go through. But if they wanted to point towards... Uh, having an accountable legacy, what would that entail and how would they move towards it? Ultimately, when a leader at the end of the day, and everything rises and falls on leadership, at the end of the day, what does a leader have? They have impact and influence. They have the legacy that they leave behind. And as an organization, that you have that opportunity to also to leave a legacy. Uh, what does that legacy represent? Is it a positive legacy? You know, like you, I'm fortunate enough to be able to travel around the world and work with organizations and help them build these amazing cultures where accountability is prioritized. And, you know, people either uh, based on the legacy that Boeing has may think something positive about me as an American or they may think something negative. The same for you, the same for others. This legacy comes down to these three things are advocacy um, and and that that that. That that you are um, that you're going to you're going to advocate, evangelize, if you will, on behalf of those goals, the goals of the organization. Um, that it's not going to just be go down in silence. And access that the benefits of the legacy have to be accessible to to all people, and 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 and, and whether they're you or or whether you know them or they're people in the future. Legacy um, the access for the legacy of Boeing could be employees that come to work there 20 years from now. And then, and then equity, which means that um, it's designed and administered fairly. And so what happens is it doesn't matter where you are on the organizational chart. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your, what your education is, but um, you, you, you have equal and fair um, access to, to the benefits, to the good name, to what it is that that organization stands for. The legacy is, is long-term. Uh, if you work to build a real positive long-term legacy, then, then what's going to happen in the, in the process is you're going to make a lot of decisions that are going to be seen as accountable. You're going to make a lot of decisions that are going to be seen as ethical, and there's going to be a real positive flow from that. One of the things that you continually talk about is culture and how the importance of culture in an organization. How can uh, how can a company think through the issue of culture, but think through it in terms of their stakeholders who may sit outside the company, uh, as with many of us, the flying public or Boeing, and how they should think about us in terms of their culture? You know, it's an interesting question because I see a lot of companies that focus on their customers 
and but they don't focus on their people. Um, and the reality is your people will never take care of your customers any better than you take care as a leader of your people. So it starts with the culture. And when you build an amazing culture inside of an organization where people feel valued, where they know that uh, there's a high degree of accountability, where there's a high expectation and they are, are motivated to perform at that high level, then what happens is that naturally flows outside of the organization. The organization becomes known for the culture and people like you and me get treated a certain way because of that culture. Uh, you know, I was dealing with an executive today and, and one of their, one of their values is respect. Now I see that very often. It's a, it's a positive value. It's very common. There was not a narrative. It didn't explain what it meant. I didn't know what he meant by respect. I'm sure while we probably could divine, define it in both positive ways, his definition might be different from mine, but does that, they have a problem in, in that they're, they want their people to respect their customers, but the people aren't getting respect. So I, so I said, oh, you need to rewrite the value. And the value should say respect. There's no need to respect people inside the organization, but you damn well better respect the people outside the organization because that's what they're living. It doesn't work that way. The culture that's built inside the organization not only will envelop the people in the organization, but will reach out to the customers and, and, and touch them as well. When you build a great culture in an organization, then what happens is all stakeholders, and you notice I said stakeholders, not shareholders, all stakeholders are impacted in a positive way. Whether they're the employees, whether they're the suppliers, whether they're the customers, or whether they are the community that that organization is also working hard to make a difference. How does a company like Boeing or, or, or in another uh, podcast, we started to talk about the following. How does Boeing change a culture with a workforce that is a very technically focused? They're engineers, they're aeronautical engineers. Boeing is the only company uh, or the largest uh, manufacturer of airplanes in America. So there's a, a pretty small sample pool for them to make changes. And you talked about some of the ways Boeing could do so. They could maybe partner with universities uh, to start the discussion about accountability in universities and colleges. They could then continue that discussion in industry trade groups. How would you uh, help Boeing think through that set of stakeholders? Well, and if they want to partner with those universities and they want to on the get on the ground floor teaching ethics and accountability, then they should bring you and I into the conversation. We should be part of that conversation, designing it with the universities. That's just a side thought that I had, Tom. But here's the thing. The challenge, you know, when you say, well, there's a limited pool, that's just an excuse. That's just an excuse. I can't control... Um, I can't control that. What I can control is what What can I control? Well, I can get together with university and say, I want to hire a thousand people this year in the air, space and aeronautics. Are you training them? Do you have, are you, or do you have the students? Do we need to help you support this, this training at these universities? What do we have to do to create that? And then you tell your people, hey, this is the standard we're going to live by in this organization. And if you choose not to live by this standard, that's fine. But you're going to have to go work someplace else. And then you start making those hard decisions. And, you know, it's kind of like 
I was working up in uh, South Dakota and there was a construction company. And he said, it's real easy for you to say if someone's not living the values that we should fire them. But unemployment up here is zero. And it's almost impossible to find somebody uh, that knows what they're doing to uh, to uh, to come to work. And then there's a, uh, a home builder out of uh, Lubbock, Texas, where unemployment is, is e- essentially it's zero. And every time they run an ad, they have between 40 and 100 applicants for that job. And I forget what the number is, but a high degree of the people they hire, they don't hire because of their skill set in the construction industry. They hire them because they fit the culture of the organization and they teach them what they need to teach them. And so the fact that, that somebody may say, well, there's a limited pool to hire from. That's an excuse. If you want to build a company around a high standard, a high standard of ethics, a high standard of accountability, you want to have an amazing culture and you have people that don't fit in that culture. If they won't come around to it, I guarantee you, if you build the culture, you will attract more great people than you know what to do with. You just have to have the faith and believe that it's going to happen that way. And if you don't, then what happens is you're just saying, okay, our culture is going to be crappy till the end of time. And you're predetermining your destiny either way in this equation. I, I'm, I'm not really uh, convicted to that opinion, am I, Tom? Not at all. But unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. Uh, this has been a fascinating exploration. Sam, thank you so much uh, for giving your thoughts on Boeing. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Accountability, the Heart of Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.